Welcome to the Formula None podcast, starting from P20. We are two very, very enthusiastic Formula One fans. I am supposedly the font of knowledge. And uh, on the other end, we have Patrick, who is our slightly newer fan. And we have recently upgraded him from brand new fan to intermediate. So he's got uh, he's got a few grooves cut and he'll move around a bit in the wet. But he starts to learn a bit about Formula One. That's that's a much nicer comparison. I was going to say, if you're the font of knowledge, I'm I'm the chalice that's being dipped into it. <laughs> you're the Times New Roman, is what I would have said. Oh, anyway, terrifying. Uh, the Mexican Grand Prix has, mm. uh, I'd like to say, just ended. We're almost a week late, but hey, better late than never. Um, and uh, no real surprises, I would say, in this one, Patrick. No, I'm, I was thinking about it. No, some very nice things happened. But no real surprises. Well, there was a surprise. There, were, there actually was a surprise actually that I, I, I better mention. So we'll we'll jump straight into it. So pre- practice and qualifying, all the way up to the end of Q two and qualifying, Red Bull looked unbeatable, mm, yes. half a second ahead of everyone else, particularly Verstappen, which is pretty much exactly what we expected to happen in this race. To be honest, Red Bull have always been strong at this track, and it's never been Mercedes' strongest track. And then suddenly, Mercedes. Yeah, out of the, out of nowhere. Turned it up a notch. Out of actually nowhere, their first run in Q3, they were um, well, a good three tenths, I think, up the road of uh, of the Red Bulls. And yeah, there was no obvious reason why that was. And when it came around to the second runs, there was a bit of shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans is probably not the right word, but uh, there was a bit of towing going on. And Yuki Sonoda was put in there to tow... I'm not sure who he was towing, actually. Was it Gasly? Uh, I, I don't was remember. It Perez? I think Perez. Yeah. I'm not sure who he was there towing. But anyway, he was there to tow someone. Yeah, you don't come to this podcast for the facts. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Or for speed. <laughs> now, Sonoda, I believe what I understand happened is he actually was ahead of Perez and he pulled off the road and that distracted Perez. Yes. And Perez went off the road yes. and that distracted Verstappen and Verstappen went off the road. So... Basically, they didn't really give them a shot at beating the um, the Q2 time. Uh, sorry, the first time set in Q3 by Mercedes, and there was a bit of uh, a bit of a few insults thrown around. I think I heard Max Verstappen calling someone an idiot. No one was exactly sure who, but I can imagine passions are pretty high at yeah. the time. It's not too surprising to yeah to hear that. I don't I don't think too much of that either way. And then later on, Christoph, uh, Chris Christian Horner. Christian Horner. That's it. I was going for Christian Horner, uh, Christopher Horner for some reason. Anyway, Christian Horner said something about getting Sunoded, mm. and he actually generated quite a bit of backlash. Now, I actually have thought about this a bit harder. I don't think he meant it how it came out, but it wouldn't be the first time with Red Bull, so maybe I'm being naive, but I think he was more meaning it in a jokey manner. Anyway, people got very upset that he was putting down Sonoda, and even... <laughs> I think the Mercedes Twitter admin got involved tweeting at Sonoda and being like, don't let the haters get you down. <laughs> so, <laughs> bit of needle, a little bit of needle between the uh, between the Twitterati, which I quite enjoy. And I think even Sonoda actually tweeted, uh, nothing I could do. Yeah. Um, so, it was unfair, I think. But nevertheless, I think maybe people took it a little bit, a little bit too far. But the end result was we had... Uh, Red Bull 
first, uh, sorry, third and fourth, and Mercedes first and second, which nobody expected when we came into the race. No, but Max did say he would rather be third than second because of the racing line on the track. He did say that. He did say that. And I actually heard a few people saying Max is full of nonsense. No, lies, people. If they look back in history. Yes. I know, lies. That Well, when they look back in history, they were like, oh, the race has never been won from that or something. Really? Something. Anyway, they thought he was wrong. And uh, yeah, Max proved at the very start of the race, he got alongside the two Mercedes. I think they all got pretty equal starts, actually. I think when we saw a replay of the start, I would have said it was probably one of the most even starts of the year. Like... The front four cars all really got away at very much the same pace. And it was just in that second phase of the start, that second phase of the straight really, where the where the cars behind the the um would have would have been Perez and Verstappen really started catching up to the Mercedes mm. with the toe. Uh, and then Verstappen went around the outside. Door got left open slightly by Bottas and actually I don't think he let the door open as much as people say he did. He he had to leave it open in one direction. It was either in the middle because Lewis was right off to the right-hand side of the track. So it was either going to be in the middle of the track or on the outside of the track. He left the outside of the track open. Verstappen did not need a second invitation. And then, I don't know about you, I thought the breaking into the first corner, I thought Verstappen was going off. He broke yeah. so he much later guts, than uh, the other cars. He, going stat-wise, apparently... Hamilton's start was 0.32 seconds reaction time and Verstappen's was 0.34. So they were very close, but he just gunned it. It was a racing line, I think. So so because he was on the racing line and the others weren't, it probably did exaggerate a little bit, but I still, it looked in real time. It was yeah, like, it, it he's going like off. he'd forgotten or like, you know, it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. No, it was genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, and he zipped off into the lead, never to be seen again, really. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, so what else happened at the turn one? Oh, well, Bottas got bumped in the rear by Ricardo, and they both fell down quite a long way. They did both fall down, actually. I did see some discussion. So Ricardo did not get a penalty. Um, when I saw it, if you look back this year about what people have been penalised for, I think Ricardo should have been penalised. There have been a lot of but penalties. But I don't think he should have been penalised. Okay, why not? Because I didn't think Gasly should have been penalised at the Turkish Grand Prix. Uh. And I don't think that basically... Ricardo stuck his nose in. He actually got his car to the apex as well. And then Bottas kind of closed the door, probably not realizing he was there and spun around. And that's why I think they didn't penalize him. But that's not consistent with the way they have penalized this season. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. But well, to be fair, Ricardo then got his um, front wing ripped off by Russell. He did. Yeah. That's enough penalty because then he had to pit, get his new nose on. And then him and Bottas were both down around the like, what, P18, P19? Yeah, they made their way up. They made their way up slowly, but they were nose to tail basically for the rest of the race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Sonoda, poor little guy, got spun out. Was <laughs> it also on turn one or was it turn two? Uh, I think it was turn one. I think that was turn one, wasn't it? I think that was a sh that was a Ocon sandwich between yeah. Sonoda and yeah. Mick Schumacher. And Sonoda's wheel just drove up over the rear tyre of Ocon's and he just flew up and off the track and was out. He did. Hey, can I just go back? I just want to go back a step here. Yeah, did on. you watch qualifying? Yes. You did. Did you see Mick uh, Mazepin getting told off by his uh, by the chief engineer of Haas? No. So he was following Mick Schumacher on a warm-up lap, and he said, I want to overtake. And they said no. And he came back on in a very good impression of an Englishman. Apparently, he um, had his later education in England, Mazepin. Are you joking, mate? And then the chief engineer came on and said, no, I am not joking. Um, he got a pretty a pretty decent dressing down, actually. 
um, or that's how I took it anyway uh, from his team there, which is which is interesting. I don't think all is well there for for Mister Mazepin. Yeah, uh, and apparently that goes back a long way to Schumacher being allowed to overtake Mazepin in a certain circumstance, and then he was, that's why he was saying, "Are you joking?" Because he's been told no, he's not allowed to. A bit uh-huh. more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, but mm. basically he thought Mick was going too slowly in his warm-up lap. Yep. What actually happened was Mazepin dropped back and he got a much cleaner lap than Mick Schumacher, but still got out-qualified, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, those who don't know, there's a website called When Did Mazepin Spin? Oh. I recommend checking it out. It's been going since the first race of the season. I feel bad recommending that. Poor dude. It's all fun and games, but I do feel sorry for him. He's unfortunately for him, he's not very likable. He has done some work to making himself more likable. Uh, obviously, the PR gurus have been at work and look fair play to him, but he hasn't done a great job of presenting a good image as he's come into the sport. And Mick Schumacher has. Yeah, what you get? That was a rather large digression. Speaking of good image, though, what what are we calling him? The uh, world champion in waiting, Max Verstappen. No, 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 Lance Stroll. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. The uh, the world champion. The team proclaimed. Mm. Yeah, the team proclaimed world champion elect, Lance yes, Stroll. That's it, Sir world Lance champion Stroll. elect. Well, he drove straight over a corner in lap five. That's right, he did too. Yeah, he's trying to overtake Norris. He messed it up and he, he didn't even slow down. He just kind of plowed on through and rejoined just the race. straight through. Yeah. Yeah, and and then I think he had to give them back, didn't he? He did. Yeah, I definitely did give them back, but it just seemed to be a. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. He just went straight through. Not to mention he was starting from the back of the grid anyway, and True. he managed to crash on his <laughs> on his <laughs> qualifying lap, which will make his world championship even more impressive when it comes, Nick. Uh, yes, it will. The uh, zero to hero story will be told for many years. You have to really lock in the zero to to get that story told you do you do yeah i actually quite like lance stroll and oh. he does not say anything himself that makes me think of him as being an arrogant no, it's person. just his pr team yeah yeah he's actually he seems quite relaxed podcast shout out i listened to the uh, beyond the grid podcast with um lawrence stroll and he's got a yes. he's got a big vision for aston martin i think it's great he sure does yeah he wants to take them he doesn't he didn't necessarily say he wants to win the world championship but he wants to put them in a position where they could and they're fighting for it, which I think is great. And I think that's a big reason of why they hired Sebastian Vettel. Mm-hmm. They knew they were lacking in some areas and he's a great person to come in and show them where they're lacking. Mm. Hopefully he doesn't get fired for disagreeing with the boss. Yeah. You know, if you want someone to come in and help fix, you probably need some constructive criticism. Yeah. And uh, look, um, you don't become as successful as Mr. Strollers without being a smart person. True. He's not going to, yeah, he, yeah, he's not going to fire someone because they disagree with him. No. I don't think Otmar Zafnau may disagree. Uh, anyway, we've taken a rather large diversion down criticism lane there. So we're going to come straight back on to um, onto the race. So after the first lap, it was actually, it was a bit quiet, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. the best race. So I didn't realize... The altitude of this circuit. Very high. Two, two and a half thousand meters yeah, or something. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so what were the problems? It was cooling, right? Yeah. So there's a few things that happen. Mm. Cooling because the air is less dense. So there's less air going through the radiator to remove the heat. The turbo has to work harder to generate the same amount of power. Uh, obviously, it has to spin faster to pull, suck the same amount of air that it normally would at sea level because the air is less dense. Mm-hmm. And they run a lot of downforce. And they actually run... As much downforce as they do in Monaco because the air is so much thinner. Wow. Yeah, it's quite interesting, actually. Mm. Yeah. The Honda engine seems to be 
consistently quite a bit stronger at the altitude. You know, if you look back over the last few years at altitude. In fact, the Ferrari as well. I think the Ferrari won. Ferrari won at least one of the last few races there. So you know that it really does matter. And for whatever reason, the Mercedes engine doesn't seem to cope as well with the altitude. Yeah, uh, and maybe their entire package. And you know, if you look at tracks that are very high downforce dependent. It's not Mercedes strength anyway. Right. I was wondering because the times did just open up the entire race. Like everyone just spread out. Yeah. So it's not the best track for following other cars. There was three DRS zones, I think, as well. Uh, and it did seem like the cars could, if they got in the DRS, they could get close. But Bottas never passed Ricardo. He was behind him for basically the entire he race. He was, yeah. Yeah. So Verstappen ran away with the race. I don't think there's anything really to talk about there. He, no. he, he yep. shot into the distance. There was a bit of a race going on between Hamilton and, and um, Perez. Yep. And there was a missed opportunity here in my mind. So Hamilton pitted for his first and only stop. And Perez was about 2.4 seconds behind at the time. Yes. Hamilton came now behind Charles Leclerc. And when the, the stats came up at the bottom, there was a point towards the end of Perez's lap where he at least him and Hamilton were even, and I think they should have pitted Perez then because yes. as soon as Hamilton got past uh, Leclerc, the undercut became massive, and Hamilton went about two seconds a lap faster, or maybe even three seconds a lap. No, I think they might have said four seconds a lap faster. Wow. I wasn't watching the live timing because I couldn't see the race live, but um, I think it was about four seconds a lap faster than Verstappen was going at the time. And at that point, Perez wasn't going to get past Hamilton, so the only option was to run long. But as Patrick pointed out. It was actually really hard to pass and really hard to follow. Track position is almost always king in Formula 1. We've seen this a lot of times, a lot of times this year. We have seen it otherwise as well, but generally speaking, the person with the track position is the one who will win the race. And I think Red Bull missed out on an opportunity to get Perez ahead of Hamilton that he could never never do it then. He came close, but he never really looked like passing, I don't think. I thought there was one point where he could pass in the towards the end of the race where he got to within 0.5 of a second. I was like, ooh, this is the moment. But it didn't happen, as you say. It was just too hard. And when you're trying to overtake Hamilton, you need to have quite a few laps being that close to find a spot where you can push through. That's right. And Hamilton does not make many mistakes, so no. you're not going to catch him out on that. And in the meanwhile, there was a bit of other stuff going on. So um, Ricardo and Bottas fought their way up you know, through the field. I think they were up at about 11th or something, 11th and 12th at one point. No, uh, Norris fought his way up from near the back of the grid all the way up to 10th. And then he kind of stalled there. Mm. Uh, and then you had Alonso, you had Vettel, Raikkonen. Raikkonen finished 8th on a day when nothing really went wrong other than Ricardo and Bottas being taken out. He finished 8th. And I, that's really good. That's actually really, really solid, solid drive from Raikkonen. Giovinazzi looked there in the beginning and then he dropped off. I think he had a bad strategy and actually gave the team a bit of rubbish on the radio at the end for the strategy. Oh. Uh, so I think we can safely assume by the way he talked to his team that he's not driving for them next year. Right, okay. Um, Ferrari though, yeah. they had some interesting drama. Yeah, so Sainz actually looked like the comfortably faster driver in this race. But they swapped back and forth, which I didn't know. So, you, I mean, you can explain this to me. Apparently Ferrari's done this a lot in the past, but him asking to go... And then being told that if he doesn't overtake, he can, he'll then have to let the place up. I don't understand the tactic here. Well, that's quite that's kind of normal. So basically what's happened is science has said, I'm faster and the team have gone, yes, you are. However, if you can't overtake of your own accord and Leclerc lets you pass, they're going to swap the, swap the positions back later on because it's not really fair 
to, for the team to force them to swap, and then nothing happens after that. It just means science gets to finish ahead of him for no good reason. He didn't earn passing him. He got oh, commanded to pass him. Okay. So so what they'll often do is that they'll, you know, the team will say, hey, we're going to let him pass. If he can pass the guy ahead because he's telling me he can, then fair, fair, you know, fair go. That's better for the team. If he can't, we'll swap you back. And that's what happened. I think the problem here was, I think Leclerc initially wasn't keen and it took them a while to, 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 for it to happen. And by that point, science had kind of lost the momentum to, right. to pass. Okay. That makes more sense. I don't think what else happened. Nothing really. Eh? Well, it's it was. Just, it's just towards the end of the race now that the stuff happened. So yeah, it was. It was a pretty quiet race when Perez got within um, 0.5 a second. He then dropped back a little bit, and there were five laps to go, and he had two seconds behind Hamilton. Um, and then they were on towards the final lap, and Perez was just told to drain the battery, which I found very exciting to come over the radio, and he did. But he just he didn't make it finish, so he only finished third. But meanwhile, Max had clocked the fastest lap, and poor Bottas, who'd worked his way up with Ricardo, oh, was yes. then pitted twice to have softs to try and steal the fastest lap, and it was terrible. Did you see what happened the first time though with him and Verstappen? No. So he, Verstappen was behind Bottas. Oh, sorry, Bottas was oh, came out of the pits behind yes, Verstappen. Yes, I did. Yes. And then Verstappen, what happened? He tried to do a fast lap. Yes. Verstappen slowed him down he, and Bottas didn't do a fast lap and everyone was like oh he couldn't do it anyway and the reason why was because Verstappen got in his way and then the team asked him to let him pass they said all right let let Bottas pass it's not really costing us anything and then Bottas pitted again yes and then he set a reasonably faster lap um on the second time which doesn't give him any points but it took the point away from Verstappen. I just feel sorry for Bottas, because at that point you're just being used. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to score any points anyway. Um, what else are you going to do? It's for the team, and Bottas is very much a team team player. I've actually started following him on Twitter, and I believe his Instagram account's pretty good too. He just seems like a genuinely down-to-earth good guy. Yeah, I do like Bottas a lot. What I, what I didn't like was the way that he got talked up. He was clearly a number two driver. Yeah, I think people talked him up, you know, for whatever reason into a position that he never, you know, never probably uh, deserved feels like a harsh term, but I, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what I want to say, you know, that he, he's, he's been the second driver in the fastest and the team that's been the fastest team for, for seven years. And a few of those years, he hasn't finished second. So yeah, he's not amazing. <laughs> I guess is kind of but what I'm saying. he is very consistent. And he is fast over a single lap. Mm, he is. Hamilton has comfortably got the most pole positions of anyone ever in Formula 1, and Bottas can beat him or get very close to him on a regular basis. Actually, has Bottas had more poles, or the same number of poles, I think, compared to Hamilton this year? So, yeah, in qualifying, very, very similar. Uh, so, yeah, so the race kind of ended as as um, Patrick described before. We had Verstappen winning from Hamilton and Perez. Uh, fourth place, we haven't mentioned him yet. Why don't we ever talk about this guy? Oh Who am my I gosh, talking we about? Can't, we, no, we can't. No one ever mentions his name, so we're not allowed to either. He who must not be named. Yeah, Gasly. What a good uh, driver. Another stunning weekend. Just no yeah. one talks about and, him. It feels real sad because he's he's good. He's great. The teams notice, though. The teams notice. I can tell you that. Good. I I would. I'm kind of considering betting quite a bit of money that he's going to be in the McLaren in 2023. Oh, okay. But that does depend a little bit on what Daniel Ricciardo does next year i think he has daniel has picked up his game a lot i think gasly i'd love to see gasly in that seat 
I think this new Gasly would just go so well at McLaren, at a team like McLaren, for example. Yeah. And I think he deserves a better car than the AlphaTauri. I, I think Not he that deserves that a better terrible. car. I mean, he, he fin- he fin- they finished ahead of both Ferraris. Yeah, he needs some limelight. We need to big up Gasly. He does. He deserves it, in my mind. He deserves it. Speaking so, of limelight, yeah. Checker Perez's dad got quite a lot. Good on him. He did. I've seen some fantastic pictures, actually, of... um. I think it's Perez's son on the side of the podium looking at his dad with just this amazing sense of admiration. Mm-hmm. That, it, it, I was very heartened to see how that family was so happy for Perez and sharing in the victory with him. Because it's also a very big thing yeah. for Perez to be on the podium in Mexico. Like, that was great. Yes, massive. Yeah, and, and I think um, Verstappen said in the post-race interviews, you know, he got to experience that this year as well, and he's so happy for mm. so happy for, for Sergio Perez to get to experience it himself. Um, I'm sure he would have wanted to win, but let's be honest, there was no way he was going to win without something happening to Max and Hamilton, either yeah. pace-wise or team-wise. Yeah. You know, if it was a one-two, there's no way that Perez gets to win that race. Course, and, yeah. and quite rightly, he's there for the team. Yeah. He's there for the team. And, oh God, that would have been that would have been heartbreaking, but I guarantee they talked about it. I guarantee it got talked yeah. about before the race. If you're in this scenario, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So another point swing towards... towards Max and I've talked a lot over the last few races about Max taking points of races where I thought Mercedes should have been. Yes, you said this in the last one. Yeah, and I think this time Hamilton got some points he shouldn't have gotten. Ah. Red Bull should have finished one two today. Right, they should have finished one two. They screwed it up in qualifying, and then they didn't take that chance they had in the pits. So I think that's actually a net gain to Hamilton. Ah, okay, cool. Because I mean the leads now. Um, 17 points, I think. 17, 14, something like that. It's in the mid-teens. It is a lot, but at one DNF and that's gone. And it, you know, oh, it, it, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, if you, if we look at, you know, the last, let's say the last three races look like they could be potentially strong for Mercedes. It's really hard to tell. If- 19 points update, 19 points difference. It's not huge. 19 points it's difference. A lot. It's a lot more than we've had in the last five races. Not terrible. Not great. Yeah, it, uh, but if those last three races are strong for Mercedes, let's say they finish one, two at each of those, uh, that's, that's uh, yeah, yeah. you're talking about like a ten point swing each race, and you know, or possibly more. It could be eleven point eleven points to Hamilton each race if he takes fastest lap. It's not over. It is not over, and people keep saying that Verstappen's got one hand on the trophy. I don't, I don't believe it. Verstappen himself said, "I don't believe in momentum," which. I think is a is a really good way to look at it. Odd thing for a driver to say when your car's based on physics principles, but okay. Well, I was going to say, I actually thought the same thing. I was like, <laughs> well, N- uh, Newton might disagree with you, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally know what you mean. I mean, you, I think you have to t- treat each race as its own entity. Yeah, and people say that's boring, but I think it's it's the best way to approach a championship, right? He All he says is, we have to get the most out of the car we can at every race. That's all we can do. That's what they have to focus on. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. And I think on the whole over the year, I think Red Bull have done that better than Mercedes have. Brazil should on paper be a Red Bull if we look at the last few years, but the form book's so out the window now, I don't even know what to think. Hey, we've got a sprint race next weekend. Yeah. I was Let's about not say, about that. Yeah. Interlagos is our last sprint race of the year and I am very excited for it. Yeah. It is not a... Don't say it. Most popular opinion that we have uh, about sprint races, apparently, but I like them. Well, the majority vote on this podcast is we're unanimously in favour of sprints. It's unanimous. Yes, unanimously mm. we're in favour of sprint races. I understand why some people don't. I think that this they still need some work, but I, I like more racing. Same. So, And I think Brazil will be conducive to more racing uh, because of the track. 
and hopefully, you know, now that we've gotten further into it, the teams realize they can be a bit more aggressive. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed, because we're going to see more next year anyway. So uh, I hope, I hope that they they start to um, become a bit more popular. But I think the general issue people have with them is that they decide to grid for the race, and I do understand. Yeah, that's that. a bit weird. Uh, and yeah, another thing I think I want to mention as well is there was quite a big swing away from McLaren have lost mm, the three constructors yeah. championship. Not good. No, and if we look after that, um, you know, when they won in Monza and they almost won in Russia, it's really sort of come apart for them a little bit. They've had to take engine penalties and, and whatnot. Uh, but I also think, generally speaking, I don't want to bag on, on Daniel Ricciardo, but he was poor at the beginning of the year. And that poorness has led to quite a few less, you know, if you look at the difference in the standings, Lando is a long way ahead of Ricciardo. And that says to me that, you know, McLaren should have been further ahead of Ferrari. Mm. Yeah, well, I'll be interesting to see how it goes. But right now, I know Mr. Mr. Verstappen doesn't agree, but the momentum is with Ferrari. <laughs> mm. Interesting, interesting to see what happens there. It's a huge amount of money for those teams. They'll be really, they'll be really wanting for it. And after looking like winning two races in a row, it'd be real weird for McLaren not to come third in the championship. It would. Because they have looked stronger than Ferrari almost all year. But, you know, Sainz and Leclerc have just been... So good. What's this final that you have here, Nick? Oh, my, uh, about after the race. So yes. after the race, I think I saw both Horner and, <laughs> Horner loves to have a bit of a dig, but um, Verstappen as well saying that he didn't, they didn't think it was very fair. What happened was after the race is uh, I think Lewis said, Lewis and Toto, both Toto Wolf both said uh, that they thought Valtteri left the door open for Max Verstappen and, and basically didn't do a good job. And uh, Verstappen came and ba- back and basically said, you can't, it's not fair to say that. And he explained the situation, you know, in his mind about why it wasn't really leaving the door open. In fact, there was a rule that actually said if Valtteri had moved across that he could have been penalised. And if he had moved across, he might have left the gap open elsewhere. He didn't even necessarily know it was Verstappen behind him. It could have been Perez. True. So, you know, all they can see is that there's a blue and yellow car behind them. Uh, so yeah, I I agree as well. As much as it wasn't as bad as what uh, Horner said about Sonoda, but I think it was unnecessary and unfair criticism on Bottas. And for whatever reason, people jumped all over Horner about Sonoda. No one jumped on on Lewis or Toto that I saw. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong places, but anyway, it was interesting to see that uh, the tit for tat between the teams continues. Final segue of the podcast. Speaking of looking at wrong places, this this week go to FormulaNone.co.nz. Yes. And you can email us mm, please contact do. at formulanone.co.nz. Please do give us, uh, we, we'd like to hear your opinions. We'll share them. We'll talk about them. Even if they're bad. We'll pull them to pieces. Uh, and you can also get hold of us at Formula Nun Pod on Twitter. So we are three days away from, two days away, oh, three days away New Zealand time from a sprint race and then four days away from the Brazilian Grand Prix. And after that, there are only three races to go. Oh, well, let's enjoy them whilst we have them. Let's enjoy them while we've got them. Let's hope it goes down to the wire and we get to enjoy a really, truly thrilling final race. From me, here, Nikolai, here at Formula Nun Pod, I'd like to say goodbye. Patrick? From me, also at Formula Nun Pod, I would also say goodbye. See you in Between the Lakes in Brazil. Oh, very good. You know your uh, Formula One trivia. I do, I'm well learning. Done, Patrick. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you next time here on Formula None Podcast.